0: There he is. How's it going, man? How's it man? going?
1: Good. Sorry about, um, what was it, Tuesday night? Yeah, I think it was Tuesday. Yeah, we were having some technical difficulties, it, but it this is better because I get to see your face. That's right. <laughs> it's live. <laughs> it's unedited.
0: So, it's good Love stuff, it. man. Good stuff. Thanks for Next being time here. In,
1: I'm in Texas. We got to actually sit down and we'll do a podcast together.
0: Yes. Yeah. When are you coming back to Texas
1: I don't know but sometime soon I like Texas it's nice it's nice yeah.
0: you live in New York right yeah yeah there's definitely a change of pace
1: yeah it's very different yeah <laughs> I like I like uh, different places that's why I like traveling so much yeah. so uh, different cultures different you know yeah um, yeah you didn't have
0: you didn't have to wear a mask everywhere you went when you were in Texas that was
1: interesting right? in New York you know um they're like lowering the mass mandate in new york yeah so like you'll see some people but it was crazy to be able to walk into stores and not have to like be stressed out with <laughs> the
0: masks. nobody nobody's giving you the evil eye nothing like that no uh, yeah my mother my mother-in-law was just visiting this past week from uh from rhode island okay so she she said the same thing she was like wow like nobody wears a mask here i'm like no it's freedom Love that. Love that. Carry a gun, don't wear a mask. What's that?
1: Carrying a gun and not wearing a mask is safe.
0: You can wear you. That's right. Carry your gun. (laughs) No mask. (laughs) That's freedom. (laughs) And we love Texas, man. Um so you got done traveling. You've been traveling quite a bit, right? For your seminar.
1: Yeah, I've been away every single weekend for the past few months. That's crazy. Um, Yeah, that was, uh, I was home with puppies for, you know, like, let's say three months. And so people wanted to book seminars. So I'm like pushing them off, pushing them off. And then as I start filling up, I'm like, ah, you know, it's, I I have trouble saying no, when I already pushed it off, things we rescheduled. So I'm like, ah, fuck it. I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just gonna do it. Yeah. And, uh, basically in in two months i think i gave it was i was seven different places giving seminars and then i also went out to
0: Dude, utah crazy. and a
1: trial so it's
0: yeah because yeah. i kept seeing posts like oh jonathan katz giving a seminar here and i'm like oh he's giving a seminar and then like a week later jonathan katz is doing a seminar <laughs> here. and then i saw you I'm judging t- a trial and i'm like what the hell's <laughs> happening here jonathan katz is freaking multiplying freaking every. I'm, just,
1: uh, I'm a i'm a prophet right so i'm just uh traveling traveling spreading the gospel Yeah, that's
0: right you know that's right dude that's awesome man now yeah. while
1: we're on that topic one thing that i was curious
0: about like obviously you do it because you like to teach mm-hmm. right you, you love to teach um do you um do you like the, um, I think there, there's a couple of aspects to teaching and it's probably the same answer. So like, do you like giving the information? Um, do you like that more than, than, uh, cause another part of teaching is watching the, the, uh, the progress watching the, um, you know, the, the, the handler evolving right in front of you. And I think there's like those two, cause i taught a star mark for seven years and you know, I love to teach too. And th- there are yeah. two components to that. It's one, you give the information, you see people are like, you know, paying attention, they're listening, you know, who's checking out and you know, who's paying attention, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so like th- that's one aspect of it is giving the information and another aspect too, which I think is equally important is to like watch the transformation in front of you. Um, which one do you like a little bit better or do you like them both the same?
1: Um, I mean, I like them both, but watching people's like eyes, like watching light bulbs go off in people's heads. I I like watching light bulbs going off in dog's heads. but when you can get the bulb to go off in a trainer's and a handler's head, that's like, you know, um, I'm sorry, I'm bad with names. What's uh, Derek's wife? Uh, Liv. Liv. Yeah. Watching Liv's eyes yes. like just explode with uh, knowledge of she's like, oh, and it was multiple <laughs> times. Yeah, yeah. And you know, if if you've never been to one of my seminars, I uh, I clicker train. Yeah, I love I that with lollipops. So <laughs> I was talking about how I was walking through Walmart at you know like eleven o'clock the, right, the day before the seminar, and I said, well, I want, I need a way to basically convey the idea of give the dog, what's going to motivate them,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? Mm-hmm. So like, it's the difference between yes, food is life and dog needs food. So yes, dog will work for kibble, but you know, a hand, handful of happy Howie's, right? That's, you know, that's a higher value. So I was looking through the candy section. And I had these basic, you know, they're, they're vegan gluten-free um you know like uh, kosher uh lollipops yeah, yeah. and then I went out and i bought the um they were candy apple right so it's a it's a sour apple yeah candy <laughs> covered in caramel and to see her face like she's like what's that
2: <laughs> yeah
1: and i was like ah now i'm gonna start paying you with something you perceive as more valuable right and then we get to the point where people start offering me behaviors. I ask yeah. a question, and they go answer it, or that. they start explaining it. And that's that's what I want from the dog. Mm-hmm. And you know, so if I can get that from the people, then they can. They're the ones to convey it to the dog,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? My job is to convey it to them. Yeah. Oh so, yeah, the teaching is really exciting to me. Um, you know, meeting different people and seeing different problems. You know, a lot of my seminars turn into you know, problem solving, mm-hmm. right? Like, how do I help you with, like, find more engagement or, you know, find the hole in your system so that you can go back to what you're doing. And, um, but watching the light bulbs go off in people's minds. Yeah. Like, that's the most exciting. Like, that's where I, <laughs> that's that's where my dopamine spike comes from. Yeah. Like, yeah. I see people get excited about what I'm saying and they understand it. And then that, like, that gets me all excited. So,
0: you know, what I really got out of your seminar is uh, I got no. two... Th- two things i mean your seminar was full of uh you know awesome like um you know golden nuggets those two days um but the two things that i really got out of your seminar that i really really i'm grateful for is one um you know you 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 helped me push a little bit farther than i was than i'm used to you know i mean like um like like the directionals with the decoys you know, I started doing that like I said with the uh, foot targets, you know um, you know and, and then doing it with the decoys. yeah, that was an extension of what we had done, minus the you know minus the decoys, but uh, you know adding that distance where I was like I was thinking to myself, because when you told me, all right, now go a little bit farther away, I remember thinking to myself, already, you know because I'm very thorough and very methodical in my training, right <laughs> So uh, when you was like, no, go a little bit farther. Um And you know obviously i 'm going to listen you 're the authority figure of that seminar i 'm there as a student, so i 'm like, okay i 'll do it right you know i 'll definitely do it. So I went, and it worked out well, and it just kind of helped me see from a different perspective because I end up doing the same thing with my clients, end up mm-hmm. doing the same thing with my students. but like yeah. having having you do it to me and pushing me past my comfort zone a little bit, it was really helpful. And it definitely allowed me to see that I can push more. You know, I, I can be thorough, but I can also push more. So that was awesome. Thank you for that. Yeah, um,
1: it's, it's a product of you being the training director and not having your own training director. Mm-hmm. So because you're such a methodical trainer, you're, you're going on the like uh, slow, steady, consistent yeah. process to only build success, which I totally get, which I respect, which in your situation, not having a a training director, someone that's done more than you to be able to coach you, like you're on the right road, but I'm watching you and I'm watching this methodical trainer. And I'm like, okay, I see the dog can do it. Okay, now we push it. Okay, now push it a little more. I'll never push it to the point where, think about it like a nerve threshold. Mm -hmm. right? So your nerve threshold, like, ah, okay, each time we're going to push it a little bit farther, a little bit farther, never enough to where the dog falters, but just a little bit more each time, because, you know, you're staying in that, that like a little bit more of a comfortable zone because you're having success. Yeah. Right. My job is to now go, okay, uh, take two steps, right? Two more steps. You know, that's the kind of coach that you need. And again, like I, I totally can relate not having had a a coach like i have mentors and they taught me how to train dogs but you know when it came to like learning psa i went to um you know i went to a lot of jerry seminars i went Mm -hmm. to sean Sigan seminars like you know these are amazing (laughs) trainers and they were able to like give me tips and tricks on the sport but i had to find my own road you know and the thing is Uh, like it takes
0: i it takes a diff, like it's not you didn't just go all right let's see what happens you know like let's, no, let's no, see no, what happens no, no, no. it was like yeah. it was like very, was... very very um i could tell like you knew exactly where i needed to be you didn't go okay just keep going until until and we'll see what happens it was another like, goal okay right there stop you know what yeah. i mean so it takes i to be able to see that from their perspective it's a really good perspective to have uh you know also to to have trust in your in your mentor like obviously i trust you you have achieved what i want exactly. to achieve and mm-hmm. uh you know and you've you've achieved it more than twice do you know what i mean it's not like oh you know you did it like you tried it like you know 200 times and and finally you got it you've done it consistently more than twice so um, obviously, it's a perspective that is very much appreciated, and like I said, it takes it takes eye, it takes the right perspective to be able to say to somebody, go a little bit more past the level that you're comfortable with, versus let's let's see what happens. You know, for what I mean? sure. Yeah, let's see yeah. what happens. A lot of people do that. And, and stuff like, yeah, I don't it's like, it's like a 50 I hate that
1: term. <laughs> that term, like, uh, irks, if someone says that to me in training, that irks me. <laughs> yeah. Because you're literally throwing, it's like, you know, you're, you're basically saying, Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> but Jesus doesn't want to be involved in your dog training. That's right. Right? Like, that's like, you know, you're go- driving down the highway and go like, ah, if I take my hands off the wheel, like, maybe it'll take this turn, but it might not. <laughs> Like, I don't like that, you know, if we're, if I'm saying like, okay, let's see what happens. It's because I already have a, a really good sense of what is going to happen. Yeah. Right. My job is to not ever, just like we never set the dog up for failure Mm -hmm. right now. Dogs need to make mistakes just like humans need to make mistakes and learn, but we never set up for failure. Right. Right. So never the fact that you trusted in me to, to come and, and let me run your session, like I'm never gonna do anything that's gonna lose that trust. If anything, I'm gonna build on that trust so that when the next time we train, you're gonna see, you're gonna say, oh, okay, like, hey, he, you know, he didn't set me up for failure last time, like we had success. Mm -hmm. Okay, now, even though you listened to me before, you trusted me before, now you're gonna even trust me even more. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Definitely, The the second biggest thing for me uh was also when you when you were talking to me from the you know from the club perspective like the the training director perspective you know, and like that really also stuck to me the you know Will you're a nice guy. Don't be so fucking nice. I said nice. you're too
1: nice. I didn't think you're a nice guy. You're, <laughs> you're too, you're too
0: nice. nice. You t- yeah. Don't be so fucking nice. Um yeah. so I really like that too. It's uh you know, it's a um because yeah, like I I I am nice. Uh, I do hold my my uh, my club members accountable. You know we do have standards. We do have rules. Uh, people do get kicked out, but uh, but but at the same time, you know I, I like having somebody telling me, dude, like you can be stern, right? Like especially when you were telling us how you run your club, I was like, oh damn, that's good. So yeah. I'm not an asshole. You know? No. You know, so nope. so that it's good, it's good to have those standards like that.
1: Again, you know, think about the boat the, the club is a ship, right? You're trying to go in the, the you're everyone's trying to go in the same direction, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know, when you have people that want to veer off, like okay, you're taking you're veering off of the ship with a life like a life raft. Mm-hmm. Like you're really not you have no engine, you're not going anywhere, you know. So like, you know, when when someone comes over to me is like boasting about like, I went out, he said, my training director told me, don't show your dog, you're not ready. And then he goes, I got a 19 and a half. And I'm like, dude, he literally told you, you weren't ready and you got the score that you were ready for. So like that to me, that should be a, a, a light bulb moment in that handler to say, okay, I trust this guy, just like you trusted me like mm-hmm. right? they should have that trust for <clears throat> you because as i said like do you want your dog to look like will's dog right if you want that then clearly he can guide you right mm-hmm. so you know it's part of being stern is is actually for the club members own good yes yeah. to help them yeah right because it's so exciting dog sports is a lot of fun and you know like but everyone wants to be on the field competing
2: mm-hmm
1: Right. But like, Mm -hmm. that's why we say like, you have to enjoy the process. If you're not enjoying the process, then like go out, buy a title dog and go and show that dog if that's what you want to do. And that's okay. Right. But you know, you can't start with a puppy and then go, oh, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put, you know, a a quarter or or an eighth of the amount of work in that that dog needs and then step out there. Like you should have overtrained, right. Like Mm -hmm. you're going for your PDC, like you can have some behaviors if you're one already, Mm -hmm. right? You don't necessarily have all those behaviors, but you should have a part of it. You know, like when I'm getting my my dog ready for the ones, I have like a little bit of level two neutrality, but I'm not going crazy because what's the dog going to see in trial? Like a guy sitting in a chair. Mm -hmm. So I don't want the dog to be stimulated by like, oh my God, four guys screaming and running in their face when he's got to come out and just heel around some cones and sleeves on the ground and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. But you know, like, okay, like, okay, for instance, I'll do this. My level one dog has to, I down the dog in front of the decoy, the decoy should be able to stand up, walk around the dog and sit back down. Mm -hmm. And in trial, what are they, and then throw like four or six items in trial. They're not going to stand up. They're just going to throw two items and you're done. Right. So that's like an overtraining situation. But, you know, like when people, you know, underprepare
2: mm-hmm. and expect
1: that they're gonna get a different result when your train director who clearly cares about you mm-hmm. told you don't do it. Right. So sometimes you have to let people people have to learn their own lessons, right? People need to learn from their own failures and, and that's okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you know, it, it almost it saddens me because like I wish I had, I was in your, well, you know, when I'm coming up, I wish I was in your club and I had a training director that was so involved and cared so much. Right. So like almost mm-hmm. it comes from me, that talk I had with everyone is a little bit of jealousy. Like, Hey, mm-hmm. I wish I was, I wish this was years ago and I was coming up and I have my first Malinois puppy and I have will to help me. You guys are all throwing that away. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's uh you know, sometimes I'm like, ah, I have to say something because as I said, like, I'm, I'm jealous. I want to train with Will every day. And you guys get <laughs> to train with Will, so, you know, like, don't, don't, don't Thank you, man. It.
0: Appreciate yeah. it. Now, uh, on the topic of, you know, preparing your dog for a little bit extra, here's one thing that I noticed, okay? I've noticed it with, uh, with different trials. I've noticed it with some of my club members and with other people too. Here's one thing that happens. See, in, in, the, in my club, I'm the only certified decoy. So I've been through trials as a decoy. You know, I've been behind the scenes, and one thing that that uh, sometimes I hear handlers complain is when uh, you know when they go to a trial and they go, "Man, the decoy did this, and they were not supposed to." But I always think to myself, and I tell them this: decoys make mistakes. Yeah. You, you know, like the scenario that you talked about, like you know, the you have your your uh, your decoy that is sitting, stand up, walk around, and sit back down. You know, not not that a, a some uh, a blatant mistake like that might happen during your routine but maybe while you're waiting right while you're waiting before you enter the field maybe that deco had to get up have a drink whatever didn't notice picked up you know had to pick up the cans to reset and your dog saw him you can't go well crap the deco was not supposed to do that he should have already been sitting you have to account as a handler Uh, for things that might happen. You know, like one of the things that that I like about the, um, you know, like the the French ring uh, decoys that train ring dogs, you know, in ring they're not supposed to hit the dog, right? Yep. Um, You know, they're not supposed to like do these crazy schemes or anything, but I know when they train, the French ring decoys, when they train ring dogs, they go hit them. We're going to hit that dog because even though they're not supposed to, the decoy might make a mistake. The decoy might hit it. What him. if
1: God forbid it creates, the, the stick create, creates contact. hmm
0: exactly. Yeah, you gotta yeah. prepare for those things, yeah. So, uh, no, really, I, I like that, that mentality of, you know, not not quite prepare for the three, like you said in your seminar, not quite prepare for the three, and then start with the PDC. But there is nothing wrong with going a little bit extra because, you know, those things can happen, right? It just it can happen, uh, decoys, they're they're human beings, whatever the case might be i mean it just happens you see people get pissed off because they're like oh man the deco should not have done that you know at the end of the day yes deco should not do certain things and uh and some mistakes can be can be pretty bad and uh you know and and you could even put a lot of drama into it and go well was it a mistake or not but at the end of the day you gotta look at it and go what part of that as a handler can i control You know, a part of that can I prepare for. So good point. Uh, That was an excellent point to bring that that you brought up on that.
1: I mean, it's it's a there's a difference between a decoy standing up to get a bottle of water and then like a decoy from the sideline, like running and screaming. Right. You know, a decoy screaming when the dog's not supposed to be biting like, hey, you know, like I don't have in my level one dog, I don't have that much neutrality, meaning like when a decoy runs out and screams, I want my dog to go. Yeah. Because that's what's going to get me full points on my handler attack, on my courage test, mm-hmm. right?
2: Mm-hmm. You
1: know? so, but, like, a decoy standing up, like, to me, you should have that neutrality of that mm-hmm. you're not going to lose your dog because the, for instance, what if the the competitor before you is picking up their toys that mm-hmm. they left on deck? Mm-hmm. Like, that shouldn't affect your dog.
2: Right.
1: Again, we, we do, like, we do PSA there's balls on the field there's tugs on the field there's decoys running around and screaming like you know unfortunately sometimes in psa the the line we use is like train harder right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like yeah "Ah, you didn't your your dog got a little bit out of control well maybe you needed more neutrality Mm -hmm. right go back to the drawing board you know humans are uh, humans are just that we're humans Mm -hmm. right decoys are human dogs are dogs right you know decoys make mistakes. judges make mistakes, Mm Handlers make mistakes. Like we all make mistakes. Okay. You know, so, but when it comes to stepping on the field with that dog, you should be a little bit more prepared than, you know, than, than what you're actually stepping out there for.
2: Yeah. You know, now
1: one thing that, that you and I were talking a little bit,
0: we started talking about this briefly last time we talked, um, you know, and it could be a sensitive topic for some people because I know people that that uh, you know that that do this. Um, what do you suggest, or what do you what are your thoughts on people that uh, that get off breeds, right? So breeds that don't you don't typically see excelling in PSA. Um, you said a line; the way you said it was beautiful. So I, I want to hear it again so that the audience can also hear this. You you said something along the lines of, you know, love the sport or love the dogs. Did you expand on that for us?
1: Yeah, it's it's train, train the dog you love or train for the sport you love. So, you know, when I first started in PSA, I had a rescue pit bull. And I loved working that dog and it just so happened that the dog, you know, excelled in, you know, suit work. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, now, but then I said, okay, well, I'm not going to win anything with this dog, right? The, the story is the first time I showed the dog for a PDC, when I got to my critique, this is my first time showing in the sport ever.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: In the critique, uh, the, the judge was Jerry. And mm-hmm. in the critique, Jerry goes, and the award for the slowest down in PSA history
0: <laughs> goes oh, shit. to
1: Jonathan and Snoopy the slowest down. Like he literally was like actively going into a down until I got to the cone.
0: No, okay.
1: Um, <laughs> but then, so what did I say? You know, I, I said to my mentor, you know, my main mentor, I was like, what do I, he goes, well, the line is if you want to win, you get a Malinois. Right. So I, I had to find a breed that I loved because I, I really, you know, I love training German shepherds, but you know, personality wise, they're just really, you know, they weren't my dog, you know. wasn't mm-hmm. my kind of dog. Yeah, um, I love the te- bully breeds, the the personality. Um, you know, I never forget. I was in Triple Crown, and I had opened up like it was a dog fancy or one of those like Dog World magazine, and they had an article on the Malinois, mm-hmm. and I'm like, that's the most beautiful dog. It was just like a dog laying in a field, and like a dog in a in a bark and hold in a blind, like. I'm like, these dogs are amazing. These dogs are gorgeous, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was kind of like infatuated with them ever since then. And uh, I almost like ran to a rescue group in (laughs) Texas to like, I want one right now. And I was told, hey, and it was the right thing. Hey, wait, you'll get the right dog, you know? Um, And so, you know, like if you you love your off-breed and you want to do the sport with it, like, that's awesome but understand that at some point the dog is going to have some sort of limitations. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you just have to look at, I'm a, I'm a statistics guy, right? The yeah. only pit bull to ever obtain a PSA two and to show in the threes is Dal Richie's Gabe.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Now, can you say, well, you know, the pitbull guys are doing other sports like, okay, but there's been a lot of pit bulls to PSA one. Right, there has been a few that have attempted it too, but I'll honestly tell you that I don't think anyone's hand-raised a dog since Gabe for this for the sport. Right, a pit bull. Right, so you know, and I have a few friends that like this is what they want to do, and because I love off-breeds, I'm encouraging of it. I want to mm-hmm. see it. Mm-hmm. Right, at this point, anything to get a PSA three other than a Malinois is an off-breed.
2: Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah yeah
1: like, okay like you could say okay dutchies aren't an breed, but like even a german shepherd at this point is an off breed yeah if you're saying like i want a german shepherd and i want to put a three on it like okay just understand that you're fighting a ready and up like it's hard enough with a malinois yeah it is right For real, yeah. but but if you love the dog just train the dog in front of you yeah right so yeah. like you know, I, my pit bull, I loved working that dog and he was so much fun, but you know, I, I understood that the most that dog ever got was a PDC and he was like trained up for the one, but you know, circumstance happened and I never ended up showing him before I went overseas, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, but you know, I, I, love when I see people getting off breeds, like the, you saw the doodle.
0: Yeah. In, yeah. Uh, I saw in Utah. It, yeah. Yeah.
1: I was like, because I'm like, you know, I, I, I always, I'm very hopeful, right? And yeah. I'm, I always want to see everyone succeed. As a judge, like, I want people to go out there and them and their dog to give the performance that they want. Doesn't always happen that way. But, like, you see this dog, and I was like, oh, like, this is really cool. And then we do the carjacking. Like, okay, the carjacking was cool. And then on the handler attack, I watched the dog launch. And I'm like, I'd never seen a doodle even bite. <laughs> A suit, let alone like, wants like a Malinois, and yeah, so yeah. like that was, I was like yeah, like that made me so happy to see, you know, because that's an off breed, yeah, and like look at us celebrating this PDC, yeah, on this doodle. It's it's I said I, I'm like I haven't heard of another one. This has to be a PSA first. Mm-hmm. This has to be the yeah. first doodle. Yeah, I've... in you know PDC. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah. Right. And, and just that in and of itself is a huge accomplishment.
2: Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. So, and then to like watch her, you, we had just in uh, South Africa, Border Collie. got a Yeah. PSA once. I saw that. Like that's fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that's so cool. You know, like I love watching Malinois pass, but like, you know, also the off breeds, I, I root for the underdog, right? Yeah.
0: The underdog. So yeah. Off
1: breeds are an underdog. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but yeah. yeah,
0: that was pretty cool, man. Now, uh, one of my one of my friends on Facebook, uh, when I posted your uh, you know the uh, the event, he said one question he had is, what are your thoughts on um, you know on prepping right before a trial? And I guess his concern is, you know, he, he doesn't like to go hardcore right before a trial because you're not know crazy. Malinois can be, uh, you know. I, I think his his concern is maybe the dog potentially getting a little bit worn out, a little bit injured a little bit sore. I know that's happened to me before right before a trial, get ready to go to a trial and my dog's limping cuz you know we we had a session and he twisted a little bit off. So what what do you do when you're getting ready to trial? Do you do like a lot of training right before or do you kind of slow it down a bit and trust the process?
1: I'll be honest with you, I really don't change anything other than maybe getting an extra set or two in you know, the few weeks coming up, but mm-hmm. you know, you've heard, you heard me say at the seminar, like train, like you trial and trial, like you train. Like when I step to the field Saturday morning of a trial, like other than there being more people there, really, what's the difference for my dog? Mm-hmm. should not change anything. Nothing should change. The only thing is I just didn't reward or correct the dog on the field that day mm-hmm. and that nothing's really changed. So You know, I'm like now getting ready for regionals and nationals, you know, usually like uh, for instance, I left to go to nationals last year, I left like a week before and I stop at clubs along the road and train with my friends, you know, get there a day early and do some training. Um, Usually like with, from all my years of coaching people with shepherds, I tell them like rest the dog at least a day or two, like if you're okay with not doing open field, like rest the dog the day before,
2: mm-hmm.
1: or like rest the dog for two or three days, then do your open field, then trial Saturday because they don't have energies like like a mal. Like my Malinois will keep going. I can work with them for seven days straight. They'll they'll wake up the eighth day, and you know maybe they'll be a little bit tired, but they sleep. You know, like they they can regain all their energy when they're not working. So um, my whole thing is like keep the dog calm keep the dog relaxed in a, in a calm, relaxing environment. And then the dog can recuperate just like athletes. Yeah. Right. You know, the dogs are athletes. So, but like, ah, the day before a big match, I might not work the dog out, you know, or I'll go out and do, I'll come out to open field and just do a little bit of obedience, work on some jumps, mm-hmm. you know, like have honestly have fun with the dog. Usually I do so much prep getting ready for nationals. Like, right before I leave the island, I'll normally take my dogs, like, running on the beach. Mm-hmm. I play, you know, play chuck it with them. Like, you know, more, like, decompressing type, um, you know, experiences. Yeah. Like, hey, like, control, 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 you know. But also with the system that I'm running now, like, I, I'm not fighting control anymore. So, like, I'm not really not worried about that they're not going to listen to me because, like, I possess the the maker of dope, like I possess the, the maker of dopamine. Right. Yeah. And like, that's all they want. Yeah. They want to die. Right. So, you know, it's uh, sometimes I like to just do something different with them, you know, just like relax. Um, yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm always worried about overworking the dog before yeah. a trial because like, you know, you, you want to have that best performance,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like not, not the day before, like the day of, yeah right so like i try to keep that like not overwork the dog not do too many things that like you know like too many jumps or anything that's going to basically stress the dog's body out too much um so yeah i'm very careful again also this all depends on the individual dog yeah right yeah. the dog that's more prone to injury i'm going to be very careful about what i do with him before trial yeah or her before trial right you know thank god my my two dogs are very healthy I don't really worry, you know, they were taught proper jumping techniques. So I'm not really worried about them injuring themselves and stuff like that. Um, but you know, yeah, every, like the the prep up to like, to get ready to compete is gonna be a little dif- bit different for each dog yeah, and in each handler. Um, you know, you're trying to peak trial day,
0: yeah, right? So yeah. you're
1: trying to build upon momentum and success um but like unfortunately that journey is like is different for every dog and every handler mm-hmm. you know like uzi it used to take me anywhere from a half an hour to 45 minutes to get that dog ready to compete
2: mm.
1: and so people would be like well i don't have 45 minutes and i go yes you do when the level two dogs are on the field you take them out and you tire them out for a half an hour and then you put them back in the truck you cool them back down with the ac Then you bring him back out, you do another 10 minutes and then, okay, you got your 40 minutes in, right? You know, I trust me, I figured out a way to get that. He just had to come on the field tired.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: He'd come on the field, he's, "Ah, ah, ah," and I knew he would listen. (laughs) Anything other than that, like the dog was a crackhead. He would not, he couldn't focus, right? Like stimulation, like all it meant was bite. But when you tired him out, you kill that edge and okay, he's a little more relaxed, you know? (laughs) I could pretty much just like open up the door to the van, be like, come on, good girl, let's go. And she would like, okay, she'll follow me to the field. Then I could tell her to heal. And she would do all the things, you know, Boom, I need like 10 minutes or so, just to kind of like work out the excitement and you know, Yeah, yeah. Uh, so every dog is that individual. And as a coach, I love kind of figuring out that game plan and that, that kind of like um, that recipe for the handler, Mm -hmm. right? Following them be at trial. Okay. What does the dog need ahead of time? Does the dog need a few corrections before he step on the field? Just to like, Hey, you're not paying attention. Like focus on me or does the dog need a ton of rewards? Right. You know, does the dog need to come out and just like be in a long down for like five minutes, just to like, look around and like get their eyes out. Or some dogs, you have to pull them out of the car and be like, "Hey, look at me right away! Don't look at anything else." Mm-hmm. Right? Every dog's going to be an individual in that aspect, so that's another fun, like, fun part of the puzzle. Yeah. Of competing, like, "Hey, what does this dog need?" Mm-hmm. You know, like the my club members that have dogs that I bred, like, I can tell them exactly what the dog needs because they're displaying their their father's behavior, or their grandfather's behavior, or the grand or the mother's behavior, and I go, "Okay, don't don't let them do that," or like, "That's going to be wrong," right? You know, I had um, a gentleman come to, I was giving a decoy seminar Mm -hmm. and um, I'll I'll actually praise him, I'll give him a shout out. Is Sal from South Jersey, he has an Uzi grandson. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm I'm giving the dog bites at my seminar. And once like dog phenomenal biter, I actually lent him my dog Uzi's harness and I'm like looking down, taking bites from the dog. Like look, he looks exactly (laughs) like his grandfather. And I'm like, I'm almost tearing up a little bit. And when we give him, when I slip him the sleeve, he's like, and I'm like, yo, like, you got to calm that down. Yeah. Right. And he's like, ah, is this bad? I go, trust me, you like, this is going to come back and bite you in the ass (laughs) when you're getting ready for your three, your two and your three. Like the dog's not going to be able to chill. I said, you, he bites. We know he bites. He bites real good. He needs to learn how to calm down. And I just saw a video today of him has the dog in a treadmill, you know, working the dog up and then having the dog just calmly hold a pillow, right? not flip out with it. And like, that made me so happy to see that, right? Even though I, you know, I didn't breed the dog, my mentor bred the dog, but it's an Uzi grandson. And like, you know, Sal's a great guy and I wanna see him succeed because that's also the lineage.
0: Yeah, Yeah, of course.
1: So, you know, um, I like seeing that progress. I like seeing like, you know, hey, I sent someone home with homework. And even though they didn't tag me in the video, but, you know, I keep an eye yeah, know, yeah. to the ground looking and I said, oh, I see the video pop up. And I'm like, man, it made me so excited to see that. That's good.
0: Now, yeah. another question that is very, uh, you know, you're talking about trialing, preparation for the trial. Um, you know, obviously at, you at this stage, you don't get nervous when you step into a trial. If you do, probably not as much.
1: I mean, like, there's always gonna be some sort of—I call it like nervous excitement. Sure. Um, it's more of like, especially in the threes, like I don't know what's gonna happen.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, like, you'll watch me as the judge is setting up the field. I'll like pace and chain smoke <laughs> because I'm like, I'm—it's almost like I feel a little bit like I'm getting ready for a fight. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting ready to do my adrenaline's gonna start pumping, but I, my adrenaline can't pump yet because I have to retain the information from the handler's meeting. Mm -hmm. So I have to keep a methodical mind of, hey, okay, remember all this, right? Remember as much as you can. Mm -hmm. And then, okay, now when I go get my dog, okay, now adrenaline starts pumping more, right? Especially like nationals. Like, you know, you're getting ready outside the stadium, your music comes on, like, you know, that the feeling of stepping into the field in, Ar- in the stadium in Arkansas for obedience. I was a little bit nervous um, for protection. I was like, you know, I was like, I was ready to roll. Right. I was like, let's, let's, let's do this. Like I, I know my dog is capable of doing every ridiculous thing that it was asked of. So like, I'm not nervous because I know my dog's going to perform. Um, if anything, I'm nervous about how do I handle it? Right. Mm-hmm. How do I break this down? Cause the dog's just going to do what I tell her to do. Right. And so like how many, like I robbed her this year, like last year, I could have gotten a leg in New Hampshire. I couldn't figure out one scenario. How do I send my dog back away from a decoy to go jump and like, I couldn't figure it out. And then I took too long. And like, I messed up. The dog wasn't, you know, but that wasn't her fault. That was all me. Right. So, you know, it, yes when you do something like i I, okay uh i think i showed uzi in psa like 30 times i think cougar has like 20 22 showings and now with puma i might have like 18 or something like so yeah when you've been on the trial field almost 100 times yes that like nervousness start to go away right but i remember day one of like first time showing a dog like i remember how nervous i was so like you know you can do a bunch of different things you can meditate you can convince yourself that you're just out in the park with your dog for the day and none of this actually really matters and this is actually fun right and we're actually here having a good Mm -hmm. because most people stress out like it's the sats and i'm like you know this is like a volunteer right like you know that you should be having fun (laughs) but you know performance anxiety gets the best of everyone you know but yeah you know time yes time under tension right time under tension the more you do something um you know the better you get at it the more comfortable you are feeling with it and the less stressed you do i would be lying to you if i told you that i don't get stressed out at all right you know it's it's more of like nervous excitement but yes there's stress involved like you know i i train my ass off for this i want to do well Mm
0: -hmm. you know
1: so, as an experienced competitor, I can tell the newbies like, yes, you're gonna be nervous, it's fine. You know, I'm, I'm still nervous. You just learn how to hide it.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I, Do you I get agree. nervous
1: stepping on the field?
0: So, my last trial, I actually was so chill. Like, I was so comfortable. And here's the thing prior to my last trial, right? And I failed too. Like, I, I went on to it but I had been meditating for like weeks prior to, and that helped me tremendously. And when I went into the trial, I went in it with confidence. Like, I'm like, I know my dog's gonna do well. And then I also told myself, if it doesn't do well, it's not the end of the world. Mm -hmm. You know, I told myself that, and and this past trial, I was so relaxed the entire time. Prior to that, I wasn't meditating, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, none of that. So I would get so nervous, right? Um, but um, yeah, I think uh, I think that that made a difference to me is just meditating, and, I, and I'm yeah. a huge believer in that. So, um. and we
1: all have our different. We all have our own ways of meditating. Mm-hmm. Like my meditation is actually with music.
0: Yeah, you were saying but
1: that. I, yeah, I, or like, you know, like at nationals where they're gonna play my song for me. That's my meditation. Mm-hmm. at when i don't have you'll see like you got your headphones in right like i'll be walking around with a he- with my headphones in listening to my song listening to the song and it, all it is is like rhythm and repetition right you know i i've tried like actual real meditation but like the thoughts in my head don't don't stop yeah right yeah i know so what you mean. like I turn it off so like that almost like stresses me out even more but like music <laughs> music gets me to forget about everything in life yeah right if i'm listening to a song and i'm enjoying that song i don't think about any worries in life so like i the the girls i just kind of pick whatever song at the moment is what i'm feeling about what i'm doing uzi had his own song uzi's song was maroon five moves like jagger right and my, the mantra I would repeat to him and I'd repeat to myself was, you know, I'd sing the song, right? I do a really good, I'm not gonna sing for you, but I do a really good Christina Aguilera impression. <laughs> but uh, I just say to myself over and over again, I don't even try to control you, just look into my eyes and I'll own you, mm-hmm. right? And I just kind of, it was a mantra and like i always found a ton of success in it you know it helped with my rhythm of walking and and like walking with the dog and communicating with the dog and flowing with the dog you know because realistically like we're doing a a a a variation of like dog dancing Mm -hmm. right a very Mm -hmm. militaristic style of dog dancing Mm -hmm. you know go on youtube and look up what some of the, like these older women with golden retrievers are doing. And it's like fucking amazing. Yeah. Right. Like they'll, and, and for the most part, they're doing it all with, with a clicker and food, right? Like this is all, you know, there's, there's no compulsion in these dogs Mm -hmm. and look how these dogs perform. Yeah. You know? So, you know, like any sort of, you know, that kind of flow and, and, you know, but everyone has their own, you can actually meditate. Like I meditate with music. Other people have other forms of meditation, Mm -hmm. you know, but definitely meditation puts you in that mindset and that zone to, you know, for what you're about to about to go out and do.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely correct. Music is one of them. There's a formal meditation. There's also listening to um, affirmations. You know, that's that's what I do a lot Mm -hmm. of too. Because what I like about affirmations is you don't have to like think you you do your own script you push play it could be your own voice you put the headphones on and you're just listening the entire time so um yeah. you know all of those things definitely help out now, i have a question that um that is maybe a little bit sensitive not too sensitive honestly uh everybody's aware of it how what are your thoughts on just drama when it comes to dog people it's like dog people are just attract i mean maybe it's a people person maybe it's a people issue but like it's just it, it seems like you just can't have dog sports
1: without drama do you notice that too here's my whole thing is it's part of it comes from competitiveness mm-hmm. part of it comes from jealousy so like i have people come to me and they're like you know how do i deal with These people, like I went out there and I, and I failed. And now people are making fun of me. And I go, well, those people that are making fun of you, I'd almost guarantee you they've never even stepped on a field. So you already have one up on them. Right. So, you know, um, I'm like halfway through, I was talking about the seminar, um, David Goggins, uh, can't hurt me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And one of the things that he says is, No one that bullies anyone is confident. If you're bullying anyone, you're clearly not confident because confident people only try to elevate people. Confident Mm -hmm. people don't try to bully other people. So, you know, when I was younger, you know, when I first started training dogs, there wasn't social media. We had like message boards, right? You know, so, you know, then like transverse i'm sure you would agree with me right then transversing okay well now we have this like this wealth of knowledge but now because of all that information out there everyone is a dog trainer now right so now you just like the the pool of people right now you have i have five thousand facebook friends and they're all dog trainers right so when i was younger i would argue with people on social media Mm
2: -hmm.
1: right now i just like laugh and and just put it away because it's it's not real life right and my whole thing is is like you wanna you wanna say something about my training like that's awesome go do more than me Mm -hmm. right like accomplish like you know the 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 stories that i've heard of like people talking about with uzi is like oh well it took him all these times to get a three like okay Show me your three with less times and then I'll bow down to you. But until then, like you're talking about something you've never even attempted to do. So, you know, failure is part of life. And, but if someone wants to pick at your failure to use that for their own success, now also everyone's a fucking alpha, right? Like we're dealing with a very dominant community And like, I get that and I respect it, but it's all in like, how do you work together harmoniously? Right. right? How can we vibe together? So, like, you know, I like, I have people that will like, that I don't get along with, but I still show up to the trial and I shake hands and I'm nothing but smiles and I sit in the corner by myself and I donate something to the raffle. And like, that's just like, you know, that's that's sportsmanship, right? That's just being the bigger person, you know? So, you know, unfortunately, everyone has to kind of find their own way into how they're going to, you know, like into into this world of dog sports or dog training in general. Um, You know, like I always try to encourage young trainers, young decoys, you know, young handlers, you know, like I always say when it comes to let's say someone comes to you and they don't have the right dog Mm -hmm. for what they want to do. Right. But they love that dog so a lot of trainers lose those handlers by going dog shit. get rid of it well i love that dog right if you would have said it a different way like hey this dog's not going to get you as far as you want to go but you love this dog you're not getting rid of this dog but like okay well you're going to learn and then let's get you the right dog
2: Right? Mm-hmm. that's a different story
1: mm-hmm. when encouraging people yeah right it's all in how you deliver how you deliver it, you know? Yeah. Are you giving a a shit sandwich, or is it like you know something good, you know, covered in shit, right? So yeah, you know, for me, I want to encourage the people. Okay, this dog's not right right dog, but we'll get you the right dog because you're yeah. the right handler, right? That, so yeah,
0: no, I agree with you. I'd rather have, especially from a club dynamic, you know, I'd rather have a good member with an okay dog. Um, than uh an amazing dog with a just with a, with a shitty member you know what i mean it just it, it yeah, doesn't I... benefit the club it doesn't it, it creates a toxic environment mm-hmm. um so there's definitely that uh you know i'll keep the person and we'll, we'll wait for that person to have the right dog we'll encourage that because then once you have the right person with the right dog man you have an awesome team versus having an yeah. awesome dog with a shitty person you know yeah no, now, I, the dog, I agree with that the,
1: the dog is a big part of the equation but the person is the bigger part of the equation no, absolutely. you know yeah because i'm not like you know when when i go to club that's my that's my time off of work yeah i trained professionally when i go to club i don't like no money ex- we, we have we take club dues but that's so we can host events
2: mm-hmm. but
1: like no none of the club members pay me when I'm out there coaching them, it's because I care about them and I want to see them succeed. And I'm genuinely doing it out of love and and care. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's it's the people that I choose to keep around me. Yeah. Right. The people that I choose to be in my club because the, it's people I care about. Like they could have the most awesome dog in the world. But if you're a piece of shit, I, I don't want to spend time. I won't I don't even want to train with you on a professional level, let alone you know on, on a, your time on, off. Like, on a friendly level yeah exactly so you know it's all about getting together your club getting together with your friends that's what for me i get together with my friends and i train my dogs
2: mm-hmm.
1: right so you know unfortunately like this industry is a little bit of you know like you it's either like sink or swim unfortunately hmm but you, you can find your own way to tread water and figure out how to then doggy paddle and like, you know, like you, you find your way into it. Unfortunately, we live in like an Insta society. So everything mm-hmm. like, okay, I do this and now I do it now and I do it 100%, it's like, okay, maybe ease into it a little bit, mm-hmm. right? You know, like maybe don't automatically tell people your opinion on the internet, right? Maybe go out there and get some more experience before you, you know, So, yeah, it's a hard, it's a hard topic. You know, if I had a dog training school, I would definitely teach a class on social media. That's a really good point. How to, like, how to communicate with people, how you are perceived versus how you want people to perceive you, right? You know, like, understand that if you're typing something, something, someone's going to screenshot it, right? So be Mm -hmm. comfortable with everything you type. You know, so, you know, that's like, you know, and then you also have like dog training code of ethics, like unspoken rules, right? You know, like don't don't try to actively steal clients from another trainer, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like, a, hey, you know, like if, if you called me up and said, oh, well, I was training with this person, you know, like, oh, okay, that's great. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna talk bad about that person. Or if I did an evaluation on someone and then, you know, someone went in and goes, well, how much should Jonathan quote you? Like, well, I'll lower that price. And I'm like, come on. (laughs) There's so many clients out there, like that's not needed. Right, yeah. There's no reason to steal clients from other people because like, if you're really good at what you do, you should just go out and get your own clients, right? Mm -hmm. I've moved all around the place And wherever I move, it usually takes me, you know, a month or two before I have a steady clientele, right? Like steady work because I just go out there with my dogs. I go out, I meet people, you know, I'm a, I'm a happy, friendly guy. You know, I'm, I'm good at what I do. Like, you know, training should sell itself.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um,
1: So yeah, the, 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 Like being new to dog sports, definitely have to have a little bit of a thick skin. Remind yourself, right? Remind yourself that ask the uh, the question, the person that is making fun of you, the person that's picking on you, have they done what you want to do with your dog? I'll guarantee you nine times out of 10, they haven't, these people haven't done shit, right? You know, it's the, the, my buddy Marquise is, I'm doing shit. I'm doing In is you ain't done shit, son.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: That's so, awesome. <laughs> like me, what do I try to do? I try to like keep my head down and grind it out. Right. Like keep my head down and go out and just title my dogs. Right. Prove the system that I've created that I put together and like, then go out and teach it,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, like, but, you have to choose your own interactions with how you're going to interact with social media and what you're going to put out there, you know, like putting out how much of your life do you put out? Right. You like, you put out as much as you feel that, you know, like as much as you feel that will help people or like, that you want to see people to see that, you know, like how, like your personality and how you are as a person, um, you know, but, like I don't wanna live with a camera next to my like filming me at all times.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, like when I give seminars, I don't allow people to video my lecture, right? But like when you're coming out to work your own dog, like for shit, sure you can video that session and you'll listen to everything I'm telling you because that's your session, right?
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: you're just not gonna record my lecture and then, you know, go and like put you know, like that's just not gonna happen. But yeah, um You know, like for sure, I want people to be able to video their sessions. Right. It made me so happy. You made a compilation video Mm -hmm. of me helping you with your dog. Yeah. Like that made me so happy to see that because like, look, look at, you can literally see the progression of him and his dog, like working on behaviors and, you know, like the, the handler and the dog are awesome. Like, let's make them, let me show them something really cool that now they can go back and work on. Right. Mm -hmm. And then watch your decoys go, like, oh, shit, like, this is cool of how we help, you know, how we help Will with his dog. Cause they're not just guys in a suit, they're trainers.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. That's the
1: difference between, like, hey, are we just going to sit here and just, like, I will tell us what to do? Or we're an active role. Right. We're an active part of this training because they are.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Um,
1: any um
0: so you mentioned school if you had a school is that uh is that anything that that is in the works is that something you're kind of aiming Uh, at
1: maybe one day um yeah right now i'm just uh i i love traveling yeah even though it's really tiring but like i love traveling and going to new places and meeting new people um So yeah, like I just set up, um, I'm doing a week long course in California.
0: I I saw that. Yeah. So you posted.
1: And like, that's so exciting for me to, it's very rare that I get to work with like a lot of upper level handlers on a regular basis. So like if I can get all these guys, you know, these men and women with their dogs together and we can all learn through each other. And then I have my dogs there to demo. So anything I'm going to teach you, I've done it with my dog. Right, I can demonstrate mm-hmm. it with my dog, and show people how to break down teaching all these pictures, so like you don't have to go out there onto the field going, ah, I don't know if my dog's seen that, you know, even if your dog hasn't seen that, but you go, hey, I have a way to work through this. Yeah. Right. I have yeah. I have skills in my dog and behaviors in my dog that I've generalized enough that this picture kind of looks like another picture I once showed, right, and now mm-hmm. I can work my dog with. So. You know, normally I'm I'm in a place for two or three days. I teach and I leave, right? Like I, I do courses here, but you know, private. People come to me, they'll spend a week with me, mm-hmm. you know? And so, and we get a lot done in that time because it's all about progression. Working the dog a few times a day, you know, like multiple days in a row, you know, two, three times a day for seven days. Like that's 21 sessions of progression of a behavior,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? So you know that's what I'm like really excited for. I'm driving there. I'm competing out in California the weekend before, and so I'm like excited to like go and you know it's on at an 1,800 acre facility where they train special forces dogs. Like that's awesome, man. You know this is, this is a core. I I do things that I would want to do. Yeah, yeah. Right. I would want to go to. Yeah. And like if someone's giving this like I would want to be there because I want to learn this stuff because I want to be, I want to be good. You know, yeah. like I want, I want to achieve what my goals are. Yeah. Right. And and if you can tell me how to do it a little bit easier, like a little bit quicker, I don't have to learn on my own. Like, hell, I'm going to take any advice in life that I can.
0: Mm-hmm. Now uh, to, uh, to close the interview, what's one thing that you would, advice to uh all sport handlers whether they're PSA handlers um or competitors or maybe Schutzen French ring mondia ring uh what's one thing that throughout you know your your traveling and all your seminars you see people what mistake do you consistently see that you could just tell them hey guys you know if you had to pick one one word of advice um, what would you tell them? And that's kind of a very open ended, very broad question.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a broad I mean, like, the, the one I, I travel the country and the one uh, like I was talking about at the seminar, the one quadrant that I see underutilized is negative reinforcement. Mm-hmm. Um, w- and that's throughout all sports, right? Like all dog training, I see people go from positive reinforcement to positive punishment. And there's like a huge, huge aspect in the middle. That needs to be taught is like how do you, how do you thrive through pressure, right? How do you learn to succeed through pressure? How do you turn pressure off, right? Because life is going to be stressful, and if you learn how to control and how to deal with your stress, then you're ultimately in control,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? Um, you know, if I could give a like gross broad to everyone, like you know. Train more, um, you know, b- work more reps, um, you know, like everyone rushes, everyone rushes, everyone rushes, like everyone's always rushing, like show the dog when the dog's ready, you know, don't, just because you want to be out on the field, that's amazing, but like set yourself and your dog up for success, you know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's, uh and that's a good that's a good piece of advice yeah i like you know it's sometimes it's hard to give specifics on you know broad questions but yeah Yeah. just do do um there's a a guy he's a film director um motivational speaker his name is casey neistat okay you ever heard of him
0: no i'm gonna write it down uh, though um
1: he his saying is just is do more Right. I like that more than the uh, no one cares work, work harder. Right. I prefer the do more. Yeah. Right? Just do more. Okay. Because, you know, the, the more you do, the more you're going to be successful. Like, you know, it's never going to hurt to do an extra rep. You know, everyone thinks these things happen overnight, but it's not like programming computer. It's a, it's a dog. It's a mm-hmm. living, breathing thing. It, it It eats its own poop. Right, like it, it, you know, like it's a, it's an animal, right? Mm-hmm. And and don't get mad at the dog for not doing what you didn't teach them how to do, right? That's like if you ask me, like, what would be like something that irks me is people blaming the dog when they didn't train the dog properly, and like that really pisses me off because I love dogs, and you didn't teach, like, you didn't teach that dog. If you taught him, you would have done it,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? Mm-hmm. You know, people people will say, oh, my dog knows this. And I'll say, well, tell me, show it to me. And then the dog doesn't do it. I go, well, the dog doesn't know. It. And I'm like, but they know it over there. Okay, but so then they need to learn context. But they don't know it. Because if mm-hmm. they knew it, like to me, knowing it is a generalized behavior. I, yeah. I, I can tell you my dog had to sit. And any place I bring that dog on any surface, if I tell the dog to sit, the dog will sit. That dog knows how to sit, right? Yeah. But you know, it's uh, to what to what extent, like how many fields did you get your dog onto? How many times have you traveled to train with other clubs? Right? And get in front of different decoys, you know? Like your, your club is important because like that's your family, right? That's what gets you like to where you need to go but ultimately, like when you turn a certain age, you have to go out and make your own friends and, you know, make your own family. And, you know, like you got to get your dog out there and get the dog to see more. And, um, you mm-hmm. know, as I said, like train harder so that when you go to trial is easy, mm-hmm. you know. So it's the same thing in, in, in any aspect of dog training, you know, whatever you want your dog to be able to do, like train the dog harder and then everything else is, is easy, you know, I mean, um, life in general. To, yeah, That's just life in general. Yeah, for sure. hundred yeah, yeah. percent. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, Jonathan, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks oh, for my uh, giving, a, giving us your I, time. I that was awesome.
1: We're going to do it again. Great. We'll do one day. You're turning this into a podcast.
0: Yes. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to put okay. her on YouTube. I'm going to put her on Instagram podcast, yeah. everything. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. And we'll have to do this again. For sure. All right, brother. Thank you. All right. Bye. Take care. Bye.